We are continuing on in our Unraveled series. So much has become unknown. So much has become unraveled. Uh, we are trying to find a way forward. I don't know about you, but everything in my life has like this question mark attached to it. Like, uh, where are we going to go on vacation this summer? Question mark. Uh, what's the work plans for us? Uh, question mark. Is school, are the kids going to go back to school in the fall? Question mark. Um, when will I uh, start wearing pants and not shorts again? Question mark. The only day that I wear pants since March uh, is on Fridays when I tape these things. And, but, you know, it, I, I like shorts, and, you know, so I, so I do. All sorts of question marks in our lives. I'm sure you have had so many times that you have asked the question, like, I just don't know. Like, how many times have you said, well, who knows when that will happen again? Or who knows what we're supposed to do about that? However, in this unraveled time that we are going through, and in this unraveled series, there's one thing that we keep pointing to, and that's that God does not have a question mark next to him. Today we're going to talk a little bit about the human condition and the place that we stand in between, which is the love of God's abundance and then this fear of scarcity, fear of not having enough. The love of God's abundance and the fear of not having enough. And we stand in between those two. First, you need to know that creation was built in abundance. God gave so much when he created all of this. He created so much, and it was so creative. And he did it for six days, and, and he created so much and gave so much of himself that on the seventh day he rested, right? And we all live in this abundance of creation. At the end of Genesis, um, this book in the Bible, at the end of Genesis, Pharaoh, who is of Egypt, right? He has this dream. And the dream was that there was going to be a famine. And this Pharaoh said, well, there's going to be a famine so let's, let's hoard up all the crops. Let's take them all and, and let's store them so that we have all of them and we have all control. Then what happened was the Israelites who lived below there um, or above there um, had to come to Pharaoh each year to get food. And each year they gave something that they had until they couldn't give anymore because they didn't have anything that they gave themselves. So they ended up living in Egypt. Our passage today starts off in Exodus where the Israelites are living in Egypt. Here's Exodus chapter 1, verses 6 through 14. Now Joseph and all his brothers and all that generation died. But the Israelites were fruitful and multiplied greatly, 
and became exceedingly numerous so that the land was filled with them. Then a new king, who did not know about Joseph, came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become much too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them, or they will become even more numerous, and if war breaks out, will join our enemies, fight against us, and leave the country. So they put slave masters over them to oppress them with forced labor, and they bit, built Pithom and Ramses as store cities for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites and worked them ruthlessly. They made their lives bitter with hard labor in brick and mortar and with all kinds of work in the field. In all their hard labor, the Egyptians used them ruthlessly. I remember when I was a kid, and it was such awesome times. There was a lot of kids that all lived on my block, and and we would get together, and it was really neat. Uh, parents kind of parented together. So you, you could go down to the other end of the street during those times, and, and we would play baseball in the street with, with these taped bats. I mean, we play it all the time. We'd play hockey. I remember they repaved our street, and it was really nice, so we just played hockey all the time for a while. Um, we would sometimes play army, and we would dress up in all of our gear, and, and we would kind of go out and, and imagine and be creative and have all of these games together. Uh, we would fight sometimes, but we really kind of got along and we all played together. It was really, really, really neat. But there was one rule that we had. You do not leave the street. So you could play all over in the road and, and, and in the street, but you cannot leave the street. Those were the boundaries that all of our parents had. And this rule kind of segregated us from kids on other streets. I remember there was one time, uh, there's a creek at the end of our street, and, and we used to love playing in this creek at the end of our street. And uh, one time we went down to go to the creek, and uh, we were all going there. We were going to throw rocks in the creek, and just like we always do, and there was kids like other kids in our creek. Like, that was on our street. Like, you don't go in our creek. And we remember, like, wow, why, what are they doing on our street? And we would see those kids playing hockey and baseball, too, on, on their streets. And, and for some reason, we started to not really like them. But why do we not like them? I mean, they were just kids just like us. And I thought about it. And the reason we didn't like them was fear. What if they were better than us? Oh, what if we're not all that good at baseball and hockey and all those other things? What if they come out and, and, and hang out with us as friends and then, you know, some of our friends start hanging out with them and then don't end up hanging out with us. And what if they separate us, right? It wasn't until we got older and could handle the, the social aspect that we realized that we could actually be friends too, right? Pharaoh 
had no problem with the Israelites living in Egypt. He didn't mind it. They were there. They were the Hebrews. That's what they called them. Until they kept multiplying. And there became more and more and more of them. The Israelite families were growing. And this made that great, all-powerful Pharaoh scared. He didn't like that they were growing and in numbers and there were so many of them. So he grew up with power. And what he did was kind of smushed down the Israelites. He oppressed them and he made them his slaves. There's a story about this Episcopal Lutheran pastor uh, who opposed Adolf Hitler in 1933. He was part of these pastors that met in a group with Adolf Hitler. And this pastor, um, he sat in, in the back of this room and he just listened to Adolf Hitler speak. And he heard and he, him speak and, and he went home and, and the pastor's wife said, what did you think? What, what did he say? What did you think? And what did you see? And he just thought to himself, and he said, I discovered that Hitler is a terribly frightened man. Interesting. Fear is what he noticed in Adolf Hitler. The man who, who is the reason that six million Jews died. And he noticed his fear. When everything broke with this pandemic and, uh, and everything started getting crazy really quick, really fast, I remember the biggest thing for me to know uh, why this, that, that this really was getting real and getting big was, was two things. One, all the sports shut down. Uh, that was big uh, because they started canceling everything and people were, all the athletes were going home to, to Europe and different things. The other one was toilet paper. Yes, um, toilet paper had a higher value than gas. I mean, it just so happened in our house, we were actually down to two rolls, and it just at that time, and, and it's crazy, luckily we found we had more, and, but there was a frightened aspect for a second there. The big line that everybody was sharing during this time is interesting that people are all buying toilet paper, yet COVID-19 really isn't a stomach disorder at all. But all of it, the buying of stuff and the hoarding that we saw, the, the gathering of things, was all just a sign of fear. And we still see it. You can't find any cleaning products. Uh, you can't find Lysol. And now meat is a big thing. People are scared that, that we're not going to have enough meat, and pe people are buying all the meat, and that's gone. However, if you're looking to do a Mediterranean diet, there's plenty of fish, by the way. Um, scripture, however, is full of how God gives in abundance. God gives so much. Yet fear has this belief that that abundance is not enough that we will not have enough. If you look at the first sin in the garden, right? God gave this, this awesome paradise. He gave everything. Anything you could ever want, they had it. They were complete joy. 
But for some reason, they had this myth of this belief that they, they, were, they were lied to and believed that God held some things back, that they did not have enough, that God's abundance is not enough. Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, pointed to the birds and said, look at them, look at the birds. They're not worried about what they're going to be eating. They have everything that they will ever need. Then he looked at the flowers and said, look at the flowers. They're not worried about their colors. They're not worried about what they're dressed in. They've got everything. They have enough. Pharaoh's fear of the Hebrews taking what is his had him force labor on them and even kill Hebrew boys. He even got to that point of killing children. His fear went that far. Fear drives us to do some pretty crazy things. Fear, which is born of a myth that, that God's abundance is, is not enough for everyone. When the Israelites finally left Egypt, they learned what it was like to live in God's abundance. And where did they learn that? They learned it in a desert that had nothing. That's where they learned about God's abundance, in a desert that had nothing. They got to the other side of the Red Sea, and then they looked back and were like, wait a second, the food was good over there. I really liked things over there. Yeah, they oppressed us and stuff and made us slaves, but the food, we ate over there. But now we're in the desert and there's nothing here. I don't know if I like this. But God gave them manna, which is bread from heaven. God gives in abundance. Even when we're in places where we don't think that we have enough, God gives in abundance. I have been over in the church parking lot uh, many times throughout the past couple of weeks as we, we have weather that is good and even if it's not good, my kids want to go out and they want to ride their bikes. And so we go here and we ride our bikes. And what I've noticed as I'm in our parking lot is all the cars coming in. And it's so interesting. Um, what I constantly see is this bridge being built between abundance and scarcity. It's like this bridge that's being built. I'm seeing so many people come in, and they're people I don't know. They're people in the community, and they're bringing stuff and putting it on our shelves, some organizing, and uh, they see that they have enough at this time. And they see that there's people that don't have enough, and they're bringing stuff and bringing stuff, and they're bringing stuff that, like, is hard to even get in the store. And they're saying, I have toilet paper in abundance, and I'm going to give it. Um, you see, they have been blessed, and they give. And those that are in need are taking, and it's not easy to take, but they do, and it's not an easy time. What we learned in God's story is that we all live in God's abundance. But it's how you view it, right? 
Uh, it's how we look and how we see that it is God's abundance. I remember I was at a church years ago, and, and we had this visitor. He was, he, was, he was actually a missionary that came here. Can you believe it? You know, we used to send missionaries out, right? And now missionaries come here to teach us about God's abundance, which is pretty funny. Um, but he was actually a, a seminary student uh, at, at Trinity, which was right here. Um, and he, uh, he, he came and he started talking to us about things that he saw here, things that he observed. And one of the things he observed, he was waiting at a bus stop. And he saw these kids and they had jackets, you know, expensive winter jackets. And he said they, they took them off to go play and then they left them there and they went home. And they never came back to get him. He saw him a couple of days later, the jacket's just sitting there. And he couldn't believe it. He couldn't believe that, that this expensive item that was just left and, and never looked for. Um, he said that in his family, that it was not uncommon for them to eat every third day. Every third day. And when they got that food, he said they, they, they prayed and they thanked God for that food because God was giving in his abundance to them. They were thankful for food every third day. I could not imagine eating every third day. I could not imagine feeding my children every three days. But they did it. And they were thankful for God's abundance in that. How can people who live like that understand God's abundance more than me and you? But they do. They understand because they had nothing. And God gave and got them through it. And they saw it as God's abundance. My question for you today is where do you sit in this place of God's abundance and this fear that we do not have enough? Where are you in that? I mean, we can identify with both, can't we? We've all been a little bit scared. Do you thank God for the abundance that you live in? And are you aware of these fears that you have of not having enough? Remember that no matter what God holds us in his hands, no matter what, he holds us in his hands. He takes care of us, just like the birds and the flowers. He takes care of us. He placed us in this wonderful creation, and we are blessed to be in this nation, let me tell you. And he provides for us. As lies swirl up all around us, we hear about the economy. We hear about sickness. We hear about all of these things. And they are to be looked at very cautiously. And, and, and we hear all of it. And we start fearing that we don't have enough. But what God tells us is that we do have enough. Don't let fear of scarcity get in your head. Because when 
fear comes, that's when people start acting like Pharaoh and people start acting like Hitler and people start hoarding toilet paper. Fear does some crazy things. But living and knowing that God gives an abundance and that we are blessed, well, that is the place that we are to be, even if we don't have that much. God blesses us. So let us be a blessing to others.